Hey guys, I'm Brad. I'm Lisa. And welcome to Unrunned to Pursuit. We just want to invite you guys into real unedited conversations about real life topics that affect your marriage. Yeah, guys, we are passionate about training and equipping marriages to succeed through God. <clears throat> We're already recording. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyways, welcome to season five, episode five. We are excited to have each of you with us today. I thought it was four. Well, you are incorrect. I'm pretty sure we're episode four. Wager on it. (laughs) One, two, three, four. Um, Season five, episode five. Five, We're going to start off with a review for one of you guys, which once again, want to give a shout out to our listeners who have been so awesome in dropping reviews for us. It really helps other people find us. It's been good. Super encouraging. And um, yet again, sorry for the uh, cold lingering voice that your voice sounds fine. I can. Are you talking about mine? Well, no, both of us still have that kind of lingering, but we're getting through it. So this one is from Kelly. I hope I did not butcher your last name. McKelvin, I believe. Uh, She says, my husband and I recently started listening to this podcast, and it has given us so much hope to see and hear about all of the healing that is taking place in your marriage. We look forward to hearing more about what God has in store for y'all, which is so Awesome. awesome. Thank you so much for that encouragement. We hope that we can continue to bring you hope to your marriage and where you guys are at. Mm -hmm. Which brings us to today. I have my husband a little in the dark. But she was like, yeah, she, I was like, what are we doing this week? And she tells me, but then that's it. Like Mm -hmm. she usually, we, she usually has like some notes that she like shares with me. Like, Hey, read these over. No, I read them over. I just don't. (laughs) I just don't. He's like fabulous. You did this excellent. I'll do what I want. That's how. That's how this entire this entire thing goes. Just so everybody knows, right up front. If you ever wonder why we're like, well, we got we're way off a topic today. Mm. Brad, man, yeah. he's the one responsible, <laughs> mm. which I love, by the way. So, anyways, yeah, he is kind of completely in the dark. But we have been going through really a series, and so if you have not gone back and listened to. Part one, his side, part two, her side, and listen to the rest of these episodes. We'd encourage you guys to go do that. We're kind of really walking through steps of reconciliation Mm. in your marriage, but really just principles that are going to help your marriage, even regardless of whether or not you guys have faced crisis in your marriage. But we wanted to specifically give this resource in kind of a chronological order. So today, we're going to talk about forgiveness. And we're going to talk about both sides of our story. A little bit with forgiveness, but I'm going to make Bradman do most of the talking today, which I feel like you kind of knew. I didn't. No, I I had no idea what you were going to do. Interesting. Okay. I'm going to ask you some questions along the way, but we're going to talk about forgiveness in general, because this is a key part of reconciliation, but it's also just a key part in your relationship with other people and in your relationship with Christ all around. This is big. Why do you I have, have that face? I, I have a little anxiety. Why? <laughs> <laughs> like all of a sudden you're nervous? Yeah. Oh, there's nothing to be nervous about. There's, mm. there's, there's not pressure mm. here. This is just conversation. Mm. So I'll, I'll start off and then I'll ask you questions. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So um, I would say a lot of people, I think, focus 
when it comes to forgiveness, they focus on my part of the story because people are automatically thinking of how could you forgive what happened in your marriage. And so I think it's the obvious forgiveness piece in our story. The twist. (laughs) The twist. You're about to twist it. So I, I would say this was, key for me. And we've touched base on Mm -hmm. this before. Uh, God really started walking me through the forgiveness piece of this puzzle long before you came home. And he really began that work in me. And it was not in my own strength, but how God really just began to show me his love for you, but also that he did not want me to become a bitter and discouraged woman. And so regardless of what happened in our marriage, Mm -hmm. he was really calling me to step out in forgiveness because that is what I needed to do. Not because I was excusing the behavior. No, that, we've said that we've before. It does not yep. excuse any behavior. And I would, and we've talked about how forgiveness is a continued choice. So this was not something that was brought in myself that I told him I forgive you in the middle of all this, and then never brought it up again, or never heard again, or never yeah. thought about it again. No, it was a continuing of laying down a daily choice to surrender and to choose to forgive. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I failed at it and sometimes I'd pick it all right back up and then I'd throw it back in your face. And it was a continual process of God teaching both of us what this looked like. Yeah. So that's the obvious piece of this forgiveness puzzle. Yep. But now we're going to get to the part I think mm-hmm. a lot of people don't talk about. And that is the person who actually has hurt someone else and that forgiveness piece of the puzzle. Because I think for a little while, I almost wanted you to hurt. I wanted you to kind of experience that shame uh, that really you were walking in for a long time. Mm -hmm. Because it felt like justice to me. Yeah. Even though it was twisted justice. It was my human version of justice. And God did teach me some things. So you kind of walk us through what this looks like. So, you know, at this point we've talked about a couple of stages, Mm -hmm. um, detox transparency, right. And you're kind of in this mode at first of just trying to help me in my forgiveness process. Like that was really like, okay, I'm, I'm doing all these things. I'm trying to help. I'm trying to help. So at, at that point, were you even thinking about, forgiving yourself or were you just, I know you've talked about God forgave me on the side of the road. That's yeah, not what yeah. I'm talking about. No, I know. I know. I'm clearing that, clarifying that for the listeners. Ah, uh, okay. No, I know. Um, no, no, the easy answer is no, or the, the, well, that's it guys. That's all, right. all we have today. Lock it up. <laughs> Seven minutes in done. <laughs> um, no, I didn't. I, I was just, I guess I was just along the lines of, I was, you know, thinking or, or moving along the lines of, well, God forgave me and that's it. That's all that mattered. Mm-hmm. But you know. do you feel like, so you're, when you think of, okay, God forgave me, were you walking mm-hmm. in that or how do you feel like you internally? No, were so it was that? the whole, like, um, <clears throat> it was the whole thought process of I, I sinned. I sin, right? Like we all sin still. So it's not like I'm perfect now. Mm-hmm. But I sinned. I asked for forgiveness. God forgave me. Therefore, like I'm going to heaven. Like that was kind of, mm-hmm. you know, that was like my old thought process. And I think we've talked about it on past episode where it's like deciding to 
you know, be a disciple of Jesus or a Christ follower. Um, it's not about like the end goal isn't like now I'm, I'm you know, your goal shouldn't be heaven, mm-hmm. right? It's, it, there's so much more to it. Like we, we get to go to heaven. Like we get that awesome, you know, opportunity that awesome, you know, that's, that's it, right? Yeah. That's the finish line, but that's not why you choose Christ. It might be at the beginning. And so like, to me, that was okay. I know God forgave me. Mm-hmm. Like now I need Lisa to forgive me. So that's all I was thinking. Yeah. I wasn't thinking like anything on self, you know, being healthy. Yeah. Basically. So when do you think that that started to shift for you? Like, did you still feel a lot of shame then during all this? Yeah, absolutely. Every time I saw my kids, every time I looked at you guys, like that was, there was tons of shame. And then there was like, you know, you know, we have like the fall, you know, the, the trips, right. You fall down and Mm -hmm. it was like this little relapse and then shame all over again. And so I, I, honestly would say like i never forgave myself because i never thought of it mm-hmm. like i was just like okay well this is this is my earthly consequence to what i did mm-hmm. right it's like so i remember i don't know why this just popped in my head <clears throat> but i remember when i was i don't know freshman sophomore in high school and going to church there was a, a guest speaker I have no idea, you know, don't remember the person at all, whatever. Um, And he stood up there and he was talking about how, I I can't remember if his testimony was like, he used to, you know, basically, you know, sleep around, you know, the whole bit, like parties, sleep around. And then, you know, not, not adultery, you know, he wasn't married, but he did all that. And his thing that he was pushing was like, those images never go away, right? Like that, what you see never goes, it's burned in your mind, never goes away. So I think like that and just sat with me, right? And so it's like now fast forward. I mean, I was like probably a freshman, like I said, in high school or a sophomore, something like that. Fast forward all the way till, you know, 2011, And I know God forgave me. Like I knew that that wasn't, I never questioned that. Um, but I never thought like, Oh, I need to forgive myself. Like ever, ever thought that because I was like, okay, this is, there's, there's consequences to every action Mm -hmm. that you do. Right. And this was it. Like, this is what I had to live with. I had to live with missing, um, you know, kids lives, right. I had to go, I had to live with missing like our baby growing. Cause they grow so fast in that time. Like I had, I, I live with like, okay, I missed it. Like that's part of like, I, you know, this is, this is my, you know, payment, right. This is like, this is what happens. Like I'll always know what I did wrong. I'll always have like, I'll always see the kids. I'll always see Lisa. I'll always see myself. And then, like, every time you fall, it's like, okay, great. Here we go again. Like, you know, shame cycle all over again. And so, yeah, I never, never thought about, like, it never came up as a thing to do. 
mm-hmm. like oh you need to forgive yourself like that and i was pursuing christ this whole time so, i distinctly remember a conversation we had on a date night because we were working on you know trying to date some of those date again. nights were rough yeah we learned the hard way you should not go on your <laughs> date nights and have the most intense yeah. serious topics yeah. on the date night but it was one of those date nights and it was you know we i can't even remember what mm. started it off i don't even remember what we were really arguing about honestly but i remember we pull up outside at this time we were still having to hire a babysitter so babysitters inside, mm-hmm. our, our kids that are inside, we're hot wrecks standing outside trying mm-hmm. to like get ourselves together <laughs> to yeah. go back inside and act like we had a decent date night. Right. And I remember you at one point telling me, and, and you were almost choked up about it, and you telling me, you have no idea what I see when I look in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And I remember it hitting me so intently because i think that was the turning point in my mind of not wanting you to walk in shame yeah and this was this was probably maybe four or five months after you mm -hmm. come home i didn't even really verbalize in my head that i was wanting you to kind of have some level of shame because i felt like it might protect me your Mm -hmm. shame to me felt like protection even though that's not what it was But I started praying that day very, very differently for you. And it's something just so cool. I want to emphasize it because when eventually getting to hear those answered prayers was I started to pray from that day forward that when you looked in the mirror, you would no longer see what you had done, but what God had done for you. And it was like God just put this prayer in my heart for you. It was like looking at you in that moment, I could see this cloak of shame that you just Mm -hmm. like dwelled in. You know, I didn't realize the internal kind of battle that you constantly, you were just beating yourself up. all. Yeah. So I think like guys are good at this uh, in general, generally speaking that guys are good at this. Like I just shove that emotion down and then just move on, laugh, you know, do whatever. So I think men in particular are really good at doing that. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, so I think the only reason I have never, I never said that. And I don't think I ever said that after that mm-hmm. was I'm the bad guy. Like what, who am I to say anything right? Other than whatever it needed to, you know, whatever needed to happen as far as like reassuring you know, all these things that, you know, we still talk about that we need to do in our marriage. But like, I'm trying to reconcile, you know, our marriage. And, and so who am I to say anything? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, that's how I've always, I always thought that way. Like, well, I'm not going to complain. Yeah. Like, I can't complain. I can't tell her how I really feel. Uh, you know, if she throws darts at me, I have to take them. Like, I can't, like, what? What am I going to say? Like, if Mm -hmm. I say something, then it's just going to blow up into this huge argument. And then, like, there's no win-win. But then it was like, then I walk away knowing that I just started a fire. And I don't know how we're going to put it out. Right? And so, like, that's why I never said anything. But also, like I said before, I never even knew 
I don't know if I knew that was an option or if I just didn't, it didn't, it wasn't on my radar. Do you think it's just because like you, you've, you've said this distinction of at the time, did you think maybe you had it maybe all as one package? Like, okay, well, I guess if God forgave me, I forgive myself, but not really walking through what that meant. No, no, I could see that where it's like, I mean, if you're a Christ follower, like you say, you know, you truly repent, right? Not just like a flippant, you know, God yeah. forgive me for doing whatever and just kind of be, you Continue know. Continue to keep doing the yeah. same thing. Yeah, but if you're like true true repentance, like the Bible says, like that's, it's gone. Mm-hmm. It's gone. It's not in this book, you know, with your name on it. It's not in there. It's gone. Like it's all gone. And so, like I grew up in church, so I knew like that's that's it, right? Like it's it's gone, so I'm good. I'm good with God. Yeah. You know, I still have to work this out, you know, with my wife, but like it's fine. And so I I don't think I ever even I mean, I grew up a lot. A mm-hmm. lot. Matured, you know, like spiritually a ton during that time you know, physically grew up a lot during that time. I, I would, I would say like that, you know how they have like manhood moments, you know, like I got a driver's license free, you know, gone. Like I'm a man now, you know, I turned 18, I could vote, you know, all these little man moments, right? Like I would, I would argue that that Damascus moment for me on the side of the road, that was my true man moment. Like I was a man before that. I did a ton of stuff, like men stuff, right? Like stuff even men don't even get to do now because that's not what they've chosen to do. And I was responsible for a lot, right? I had a family, three kids, like all these things. But I would say like that was my spiritual and physical like man moment. Like grow up. Now it's time to grow up. But during that, like there was no, there was no thought of forgiving myself. And even then, if someone would have said like, you need to forgive yourself, I'd have been like, like, really? Like, Mm -hmm. do you realize you don't even know what I did? Mm -hmm. Like, you don't know what I did. You think, you know, you have an overarching view of what you, you know, you think, you know, but you don't know what I did. How can you tell me to forgive myself? You know? So I don't even know if I would have accepted it. You know, at that point, the only thing I accepted remotely at that point was, and we've talked about it. I don't know how many times we've brought this up was when our old pastor, like I tell him the whole story and he just looks at me like no emotion other than like a caring, Mm -hmm. not like a shocked, you know, emotion. And then, you know, has the, the knowledge of like, okay, well, that's what you did, mm-hmm. but I can see where you can go Yeah, through Christ, right? Not through him. Yeah. It wasn't him that was like, oh, let me build you up. I know what to do. No, it was like, I can see where you can be through Christ. Mm-hmm. And he tried to get me to share that story so many times on, you know, remember mm-hmm. like so many times, but I, I honestly, like I look back now, like I wasn't ready. Yeah. I wasn't forgiven like myself. I I hadn't forgiven myself like. Well, I want to go through that a little bit because 
So I guess what I want to ask you is at what point did you realize even that this was something that you needed to walk through? Like at, at what point were you like, okay, there's this missing piece of forgiveness. Like I've accepted that God has forgiven yeah. me, but in the middle of that, I have to actually forgive myself because if you are a Christ follower and this is such a beautiful thing, there's, mm. we know, and we can verbally say there is nothing that you can do that is bigger than what Jesus did on the cross. Nothing. Look, I mean, uh, and that's amazing. <laughs> and, and don't take our word for it, but look in the Bible. Mm-hmm. There's, so there's a, uh, an excerpt of a, a pastor. I heard this years ago. Um, Judah, Judah Smith. Sounds right. Anyway, he did a thing on, on Jesus and Barabbas. And Barabbas in the story of Jesus was Jesus is, you know, being falsely accused about to, you know, going through trying to get him on the cross, right? To execute him. And Caesar's like, I, you know, or Pilate, I find no faults, mm. right? But at that time, there was like this option to free a prisoner. And he goes over this whole thing. Barabbas, this criminal, this, you know, I can't remember exactly what they've labeled him as in the Bible, but he was bad. Mm-hmm. Like legitimately bad, deserved to deserved die. to die. Deserved what was coming, and the crowd like lets him go right. And so when you read that, you're like, oh yeah, the crowd you know hated Jesus, wanted Jesus, so they're like, yeah, send that dude away. He gets to go free. But then when Judah, when this this pastor talks about it, he flips it. And he's like, that's us. Mm-hmm. that's us like we don't deserve forgiveness we don't deserve anything and so like you can do the worst thing that you can think of in your head and God can forgive you if you're willing, right? If it's this true repentance, repentant heart, he can forgive you. Um, so yeah, don't take our word for that. Yeah, you know. So I knew that God forgave me. Um, I don't think I ever had this moment where I was like, "Oh, well, I haven't forgiven myself." Mm-hmm. But I will say this: like, I know. And you can you can speak on this so much, like I I looked at myself differently uh, before I forgave myself. I was probably like more critical than I have ever been um, about me, anything, not just like a spiritual thing, like physically, anything I did, anything, even if I was good at it, like I was very critical about it, very critical. Um, I wouldn't judge others on it. It was all this, this super, I don't know, like maybe hyper aware of I everything. I almost feel I like it's one of those where you lived expecting to fail. Yeah, it 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 goes into the whole 
uh, this is like the, the third time I've used this analogy within a couple of weeks. It's the whole uh, team that shows up to play, right? I'm, I played football through college, so I'm a football guy, right? So it's, you, you show up to the field, and guys that have played any sport, they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. You show up to the field, and if you're playing not to lose, it's going to be a rough game. And and you'll likely lose. You're more than likely going to lose. Yeah. Right. Everyone says, "Oh, I'm playing to win. I'm playing to win." It's not true. Like there are teams when they show up to a field, they are specifically playing not to lose. There's a huge difference in mentality. Yeah. Huge than a team that shows up and says, "Oh, we're going to win. Like we're going to do whatever it takes, but we're going to win." And so, yeah, during that that time, even I mean. I was closer to God than I've ever been. I was doing all the things that I needed to do. I was like, you know, going through like a sanctification process, right? Like I still hang, was hanging on to stuff. And then God's like, nope, you're not hanging on to that anymore. You need to drop that, you know? And then, okay, let's keep going. And then you start going more. And then it's like, that's wrong. Like you need to stop doing that now. Like it wasn't wrong a month ago, but now like, you need to drop that. Can I just pause you right there? Because I think that's so powerful in the in the process of, of someone's walk with Christ. You know, and, and I had this expectation, right, that I was going to my husband's going to come home as change man. Yeah. And the truth is, is you had picked up a lot of bad habits in this yeah. period of time. There yeah. were a lot of things that you did when you came home that you had accrued over this yep. period of time that I didn't, I didn't like at all. Yeah. <laughs> and... God had to teach me to shut my mouth, even in that process, mm-hmm. down to, you had picked up chewing. Yeah. And, uh, and dipping, dipping, if you don't know what that is. And yeah. and I, I despised it. Yeah. But I never said a word to you about it, ever. Yeah. I never asked you to quit. Mm-mm. Never, never told you a single thing about it. And watching God begin to break off of you. Yeah. Years, years We're later. We're talking years, guys. Like, that might have been one of the last things, honestly, that he was like, hey, you need to stop doing that now. And it wasn't like, and I'll I'll tell people this about drinking, about whatever. It wasn't that it was inherently bad. It really wasn't. But how do you stand out from a crowd? That's what it comes down to. Like, how do you stand out from a crowd? You know, I dipped, I know a lot of guys that dip, not so much anymore, but I do know, I've known a lot of dudes, like probably at that time, if you were around me and a bunch of dudes, everyone had a can, Mm -hmm. right? And it was just like the norm. It was like, this is what you do. Helps you stay awake. I I mean, that was kind of how it started for me. I had to stay awake for multiple days, like continuing an operation. Like, I had to stay awake, so I picked that up. That was part of me, like, Mm -hmm. I got to keep going. And so everyone did it. And so it was like, okay, if I'm still in this crowd, how do you stand out? But God didn't do anything with that until he did all the other things. Yeah, you know, And that is, like, that's sanctification. It's like maybe something's not, doesn't bother you now to say, like, it's a sin in my life, right? Now we're getting into, like, theology. Right. There are like hard, there's hard, like fast, like that's a sin. Then there's other things that could be sinful to someone. It's not to someone else. Yeah. 
what God convicts somebody. Yeah, about. what you're convicted about. And if you're convicted about it and you do it, that's not right. So I was not convicted about dipping at all. I wasn't. It didn't bother me. It was just something I did. It wasn't even, it was just a habit. It was just literally a habit. You know, it didn't alter my, you know, brain and like, you know, like if someone gets drunk, it wasn't anything like that, but it just was a habit of what I did. And yes, I would crave it. Like I was, I was addicted for mm -hmm. sure to this day. Every now and then I'm like, man, be nice. Like drop a dip in my mouth. I know it sounds crazy, <laughs> but anyway, I mean, it probably doesn't sound crazy. To a lot of dudes that are listening, but that was something that God was like, I'm not even going to bother with that right now. Like there's so many other things that you need to go through. And one was forgiveness. Like I, like, I think I probably started to forgive myself, but it was like more of just own. I don't want to say owning what I did, but feeling more like I owned what I did and it's gone and I just move on. Maybe that was like a semi forgiveness that I gave myself. Um, but yeah, finally at one point it was like, nope, you're done. Like you need to stop dipping. And that helps me stand out. Like it helps me stand out. So I don't know, you know, if it's a sin or not, like I don't want to get into Body that. Body is a temple. You want to yeah. be healthy. That's for yeah. sure one thing, but it, it's still a matter of what the whole point of that thing is to talk about how I, I on the outside, just praying for you and watching you got yeah. to see that sanctification process. And that is this, this continue we are never done with no. that but how you never do reach the goal right there's always something yeah. else that we need to grow in there's always something else that god's like okay now we're gonna work yeah. on this okay and now this and to be open to that like mm -hmm. and to allow god to work in it. and i really did get a front row seat in watching god do all the work that i wanted yeah. i wanted to tell you yeah these things that I felt like, oh, you need to let go of that, mm. or you need to stop doing that, or you need to da, da, da. And it was just like God telling you know, over and over again that this was his job, and he was doing a work in you. Yeah, and I, I really feel that as I grew, uh, you know, matured, that, you know, started learning more, reading more, all that, that, you know, finally, like, again, I don't think there was a point where I was like, oh, shoot. Like, I need to forgive myself for what I did. I I don't think that there was, like, one single turning point where I was like, okay, this, you know, it was just always something that lingered. Always. But to me, it was just always a reminder, all right, like, you don't ever want to do that again. So, okay, just stuff it down there and keep going. So, honestly, it probably wasn't until, like, two years ago that I think that I've, you know, I'd like to say I've a hundred percent forgave myself. Um, but I don't know. I really don't. Cause I think that there's days where I have a day where I'm like, I honestly, like since we do our podcast and just straight up and whatever, like last week was rough. Last week was rough. Like ever since we started this season has been rough. Mm-hmm. I guess that's when you know you're going in a good direction. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, uh, shared so many like we've we've you know been on other podcasts, you know, share and then of, of course, and it's not not to the fault of anyone, 
but it's like, why do they want to hear us? Not because we're like these amazing speakers. It's because they want to hear what God did. Um, and so, yeah, I've had to share it a few times. And one time it was, well, twice it was voluntary, hundred percent voluntary where I wasn't asked. I was like, no, this is what we got to do. Um, and I think during that time, like I had a rough day. What's today? I had a rough day yesterday. Like, I just felt like, I don't know, like I, you know, like I just kept like memories, right? And I hate it. I hate it. And it doesn't happen often. Um, so I'd like to say I've a hundred percent forgiven myself. And I think two years ago, God like really, you know, hit me and hit me good. And was like, you know, I had this quiet time where I realized like I have to stop looking at the kids. I have to stop looking at Lisa and saying like, look at all the scars that I've created. And I pray all the time because I know my kids have scars, but I don't think they know, you know, like, and so I pray for that all the time. But I was just looking at, and just, I just kept saying to myself, you know, a couple of years ago, I would always say to myself, like, look what I did, look what I did, look what I did. And God, like, flipped that on me. And God was like, look what I did, look what I did, look what I did. Mm-hmm. Like, they're healed. They're there. Like, the scars are there. There's, just, there's no getting around trauma. Like, scars stay. But... What's the reminder is the reminder of, man, I hurt my family or the person that has, I have scars too, you know? So do I look at them and say like, gosh, this is a horrible time. And, you know, I did all these things and, you know, it's just horrible. And this is my remembrance. Like, this is what I always have to remember it by. Or do you look at it and say, look where God brought me from. And that's that scar. Like there's a story behind it, but the story is look where God brought me from. Look what God did. That's the story. It's not, I decided to step out on my family and go do whatever I wanted and created bad habits and hung on to all these things. And I had to detail that. That's not the story. The story is God saved me on the side of the road, had my moment with him walked with me from that point on, even though I fell so many times after that, walked with me from that point on, continually forgiving me for being stupid and bringing us to where we're at now and bringing us to like we were in church today and my kids are raising their hands, you know, worshiping God, like bringing us to that where I have to stop looking And I have to do this daily. It's a choice. It's a choice of how do you think about what's going on. If you are a Christ follower, you have a choice of how you look at the scars that are on someone that you did or scars that you have. You have to look at them differently. And you have that choice. You have to do it daily. And so now, yeah, I would say my confidence is probably higher than it's ever been, even though that's super weird to say because I know the guy I've been my outlook is better than it's ever been. I see myself differently, literally see myself differently, not like metaphorically, right? No, I see 
myself differently. And that is something that through God, you know, I have to work on it, but through God, like I do see that I see myself differently. And yes, do I have, like I said, it's felt like since we started this season, it's felt like harder, harder to make those choices. That scar is not what you did. That scar is what God did. You know, you have to see yourself differently in the mirror. You have to have confidence in Christ, like that your identity is in him and that's how you walk. You need to be bolder. Like you need to be bolder. You need to show that Christ is your identity and that's how you walk. Like all these things, like, and it's been harder this year for sure. Um, But I mean, I think that's, like you said, I, I think when things are hard, you're on the right path. Other than, like, if they're hard because you're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're doing everything you're supposed to be doing and it's getting tough. Recognize you're in the, uh, you're in the warfare, you know? Yeah. I mean, we know very strongly that the enemy wants nothing more than for people to give up on their marriage, for people to stay in cycles of shame and unforgiveness and bitterness and discouragement and... Even with us, we know that that same battle is taking place. And, you know, as you guys have heard us talk, like we've been contending back and forth with, you know, being sick and all these other things. And that wears you down. Yeah, You know, it's just, and we know, we know that's. I, so before we end, I would like to think, and this is not in the Bible, but I would like to think the Barabbas like walked away and was like, what? Yeah. Look what he did for me. And shouldn't we all have that perspective? Yeah, for sure. I'm going to leave you guys with this scripture in first john 2 1 through 2 and says my dear children i am writing this to you so that you will not sin but if anyone does sin we have an advocate who pleads our case before the father he is jesus christ the one who is truly righteous he himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins and not only our sins but the sins of all the world So I guess I would say challenge for today. (laughs) Um, Forgive yourself. Forgive your spouse. Forgive that parent that hurt you. Um, Forgive that friend that betrayed you. Whatever that might look like, Brad and I can stand before you knowing very clearly the difference that that has made in our own lives personally, in our marriage, and ultimately in our relationship with God. <sighs> yeah. You, you all right, baby? I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, guys, we get as real as possible as we can in here because we are so passionate about what we believe God can do in marriage and God can do in you. And so um, particularly, I think, if this is something you haven't thought about before about this process of forgiving yourself, um, we really would encourage you to to dig into God's word because yeah, there is nothing that you can do that is bigger than what what Jesus did on the cross. So, all right, we'll talk to you next week.